Hello everyone and welcome back to the Over Manga Cast. That time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures, overanalyzing manga that we find interesting. My name is Sam, and join me and the rest of the crew on the hunt this week, as we're reading The Hunter's Guild Red Hood by Yuki Kawaguchi. We're reading the entire run of it, because it was cancelled. It's really not that hard to keep up with this one, so um kind of on you if you don't. So sit back, strap in, and pay attention to the page count, and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Overmanga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always here at the top of the show, we talk about what our familiarity with the franchise uh, that we read this week is. Uh, I stumbled across red hood actually it was when we started doing the podcast if i remember right i had just gotten the shonen jump app as a result and i saw it uh recommended there and i'm like oh, that looks vaguely up my alley and then i saw the first three pages and i'm like this is definitely up my alley and i uh was current with it for a while but as is uh a well-documented fact i'm bad at keeping up with things so i eventually uh lost track of it and then it got canceled and i was sad but that's uh, that's my story with it. How about you, Matt? Uh, so I was reading Red Hood weekly until the miraculous just dumpster fire that was the ending. Um, <laughs> and by that, I mean the Twitter reaction to the ending. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see the Twitter reaction. I'll have to recount some of that when we get no. closer to it. We don't talk about it. <laughs> uh, Jay, how about you? Um, so I was not reading it weekly, but I was obviously alerted to when Twitter was throwing a fit, um, and had, you know, kind of just seen images and brief, like, screenshots and everything. So for me, this is a fresh read, but I was familiar with the series, at least conceptually. All right. And Jacob. Uh, I was really only aware that it had been canceled. I knew there was a big, uh... Firestorm about a series getting uh, canceled in Shonen Jump. I didn't know anything about the series or anything other than, you know, this is a this is a manga that was uh, in one of the biggest publications that just kind of stopped. And so uh, we open up our story in uh, <laughs> perhaps the most I can't wait for all this to burn to the ground way possible for a uh, classic fantasy story. Bright young lad living in an idyllic little hamlet surrounded by uh, a loving community. So yeah, we, what could it, possibly go wrong? It's that surrounded by the loving community is where the death flags start showing up because uh, these people are way too happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. There could never be happiness. Just going to reach out to the audience. Um, you can experience happiness. It's not some kind of fairy tale nonsense. It's, it's real. <laughs> um, so I believe it when I say it. <laughs> nah, see, but when you're in a fairy tale, experiencing happiness is prelude to disaster. Otherwise, well, then you wouldn't and be in a fairy tale. We're we're making the joke about, you know, the 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 nature of like, you know, a character doesn't become an adventurer without some kind of negative thing in their backstory. So if the story starts off happy, something tragic is about to happen. It is also like thematically resonant to the point of the story. So mm. it is sort of interesting that like it almost comically draws attention to that trope and then later is like neck deep in tropes like on purpose. Indeed. And uh, it does have a very strong uh, 
we're actually skipping ahead a little bit because there is a the opening three pages which uh, start very strongly in medius res yeah uh mm -hmm. what we will find is after the first of uh two consecutive fights yes tell me boy have you ever seen a dragon dragons are just from stories but yeah that's because we killed all of them i'm like all right cool perfect this is exactly what i want and uh we are introduced to our uh, our young lad, our main character, Velu, who uh, is responding to the threat of a werewolf attack uh, with the plucky enthusiasm that only a young boy in a fantasy story can have, proudly uh, displaying his musket and saying, leave it to me, I'll destroy the monster. Velu, that's a terrible idea and you shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the reaction of both the community and the audience. <laughs> Yes, because despite how uh, laden in tropes it looks, uh, he's definitely the kid that's supposed to get uh, eaten by the Witch of the Woods. And thankfully, there is a much more uh, suitable looking character for uh, such a werewolf hunt. Uh, the mayor, big, muscly, beard, has an axe. <laughs> Everything you need for a werewolf hunter. He's like a more square version of Klaus. Yes, I was just about to say, very much giving me uh, St. Nicholas vibes with an axe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then we got Velu over here looking like Peter from Peter and the Wolf. <laughs> the mayor uh, declares that uh, everyone, don't worry. I can't defeat the werewolf, but I have sold all of my earthly possessions in order to commission a hunter from the legendary Hunter's Guild to come and protect us. And everyone's just like, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Why did you do that? That was a stupid decision. By the way, does anyone have anywhere I could crash? Because I literally <laughs> sold everything. <laughs> Except the clothes He's, on my back. <laughs> he says that out loud. It's really funny. Okay, okay Maris, so you've literally beggared yourself. This hunter better be worth it. <laughs> and I love the mayor, the mayor's logic. He's like, uh, well, look, either I saved the town and, you know, therefore it was a worthy expenditure of my resources or the town is about to be destroyed and my resources wouldn't have been able to be carried with me wherever we uh, scatter off to. So either way, I win. <laughs> I like these odds. That the is the most. Thinker. That is the most optimistic pessimism I've ever fucking heard. And I mean, and I mean, not for nothing, but it is sort of funny with with perfect hindsight. These decisions make so much sense. Mm hmm. Given what we uh, learn about the mayor later on. But uh, one week later, the hunter arrives in town and it is small child. Is baby is tiny bean. Yes, uh, he's kind of grumpy. She introduces herself as Grim. She goes to shake hands with the mayor and can only shake, use her whole hand to shake one of his fingers. You're a little girl. Yes, and? All right, guys, village is, uh, village is doomed. We're heading out. Pack his stuff. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Grim proceed, proceeds to uh, take charge like the manga character that she is. Yeah, I really like Grim. Very, very uh, boldly declaring that, look, we hunters don't intend to be heroes, but you did pay me to do a job and I will see that job through. So don't go uh, counting, counting yourselves out quite yet. Now, uh, does anyone know where this uh, does anyone know where this thing is where it likes to hunt? Well, that'll be out in the woods and uh, 
our young protagonist here should be able to help you with that. Go ahead, Velu, show her, show her around. Show, show her the hunting uh, cabin that you can uh, look out for it in. Uh, at which point, uh, Velu starts taking uh, Grim to said hunting cabin, at which point uh, Grim is like, okay, yeah, so do not take me to the hunting cabin. The werewolf isn't stupid enough to uh, go anywhere near it. Take me to uh, the uh, most secluded route to the village because it is definitely one of the villagers. What do you mean it's one of the villagers? Oh, werewolves, can uh, they aren't human anymore, but they can transform to look like the people they once were. So it's probably lurking among you. And uh, I and I didn't realize that this was the manga tie in with the werewolf a social deduction game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> but before Velu really has time to process that uh, little bit of deduction from Grimm, there is a blood curdling scream and they rush off to investigate, find a, a pile of burnt bones. Bones that had been not on as well. Mm hmm. <laughs> And I really I really like this section because um, obviously the series got canceled, so the plans for it got cut hideously short. But I really like the groundwork that had been laid because something that comes up later is uh, Grimm's personality is a sort of important plot point that gets certain, you know, that gets one character to believe another character about the situation. Mm -hmm. Like Grim putting things together here does a very good job of establishing the kind of person she is. She's quick on the uptake. She understands the tropes of her own world and she's able to stay one step ahead. You know, the kind of traps that would usually catch uh, a less a less savvy character than her. It does a good job of establishing her intelligence and her understanding of the world and its rules. Mm hmm. She's uh, able to and and actually, it's also kind of a bit of a, a neat moment where the information is presented at a pace where I feel the audience is supposed to be piecing it together at the same pace as Velo. I'm I'm sitting here reading this and it's like as soon as Grimm is like, OK, it's one of the uh, villagers. Well, only one character has been introduced so far. So the mayor is definitely the werewolf. Um, And then they meet the, the mayor's wife who says, uh, the mayor is the werewolf. Oh, she's the werewolf. She ate him. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, it, it's one of those ones where it's at the same pace as Velu is realizing. It's like, wait, if he attacked you and jumped out the window, why is the window both closed and unbroken? <laughs> and still has cobwebs on it. Also, no blood on the mayor's axe. So he didn't fight back. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like someone he knew approached him with his guard down Ooh. and who better to do so than his unassuming wife who's old and frail looking exactly how devious and uh with the cover thoroughly blown uh we now settle into <laughs> this manga's speciality which is really freaking ugly monsters and really stacked ladies fighting them they're not just ugly. They looked freaking derpy as heck. Seriously. <laughs> oh, I, I love the werewolves in this. They've got like a weird kind of Tim Burton-esque quality to them. Like they're all curly mm -hmm. and. Yeah, they're, they're, they're ugly as intended. Yeah. Yeah, I describe them as ugly, but I, I love them. <laughs> they're great character designs, but they're not meant to be attractive in any meaningful way. <laughs> and they're not. <laughs> So, ladies, if you thought this was going to be your hunky, like, werewolf drama, no. 
Not in the slice. No, no, this is appealing to a very different demographic. Yes. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. It, the, we get plenty of hints of it when uh, Grim decides that baby mode is over and activates big mode. Mm-hmm. Very big. Very, very big, yes. <laughs> I, I think legitimately Grim is like seven feet tall. It's a little ridiculous. <laughs> so let us point out, this also paralleled, dare I say it, it, it paralleled the release of... Lady um, Demetrius. Yeah, um, there yeah. were a lot of very very thirsty twitter tweets the internet was into tall thick ladies big ladies and boy big howdy ladies. boy howdy does grim uh fit that description and uh she uh squares up against the werewolf and we're like all right cool epic fight scene let's go i can't wait to see this character in action and velu is being all uh being all emotional and sad like no the mayor the the protector my father figure he's gone this is this is so dramatic but so exciting and then grim immediately gets eaten <laughs> hey kid you should run snap swallowed whole <laughs> by the werewolf with its weird like three petal flower mouth derp 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 it's very derpy looking. <laughs> Just something about the 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 mouth probably very intentionally reminds me of a Venus flytrap. Hmm. You know, she is snapped down whole, and the monster, in true monstrous fashion, talks about how delightful it will be to devour all of the villagers now that their protectors are gone, and I will leave you for last, boy, as you stewing in fear will make you most tasty. I'm so evil. Where did you get that axe? So they do the thing where they talk too much. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the villain monologue. Yep. Uh, talking about how um, the the resistance of humans is pointless. You are just prey creatures. And uh, he shoots the werewolf, which, uh, you know, obviously we think, yes, of course, bullets. But we learn later that this is actually quite notable. And it is even more notable when the werewolf, reeling in pain from being shot, gets its belly split open by uh, by Velu with the axe. The uh, woodcutter's axe he had uh, received from the mayor. Mm-hmm. Or looted off of the mayor's corpse. But, you know, whatever. Well, he'd, he'd, also, he'd also used that axe mm-hmm. before, so. It's a fantasy story. It's the same thing. Yeah. And uh, he pulls Grim out of the monster's belly, and she's like, I told you to run. A, how did you do that? B, why didn't you run? I wasn't going to leave you behind. No, I meant run like I'm doing this. Out of the blast radius. <laughs> because, uh... Follow my instructions! Getting eaten was the point. Uh, as she left a bomb in the monster's guts. And cool hunters don't look at explosions. <laughs> very, very dramatic, very dynamic paneling. It's, uh... It's a it's a good solid first chapter. It's also got some strong wily e. coyote energy as the werewolf literally has. Oh, my heart's a bomb. Oh, I guess this is my last meal. <laughs> yeah, basically putting up the little sign that just goes, uh oh, <laughs> meep. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate. Uh, I wanted to say it always had a comedic start. Um, that kind of 
kind of shifted after this, obviously. Mm -hmm. The the first like this first fifty page chapter is a very by the books like shonen introduction thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it it does some world building. It has a call to action. It's got the older apprentice because uh, Grimm uses these like little hunters tools and each time it pops up like, ah, oh, yes, one of the 616 secret hunters techniques. Mm-hmm. It's like it picks a random number. So it's like, ah, the rest of those are going to get filled in. Yeah, very bleach with their um, like. I think it's also 616 spells. Mm hmm. The rifle is literally a part of the Chekhov series. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I, that, that gains a double meaning later. I do love him, uh, Grim handing him a rifle, going like, yeah, it's a Chekhov's gun. <laughs> we get it. You're deconstructing stories. <laughs> but also, a Chekhov's gun is required to affect the plot. Yes. Because uh, it's a narrative device. It is, in uh, fact, a literal narrative device. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this this first like fifty page, very by the books. Like, how would you like, like Black Clover, uh, factory model shonen? Yeah, Black Clover. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naruto. Naruto is a good yep. example. Has this thing. Um, One Piece, kind of. Yes, I. Uh, yeah, because the first thing. Well, yeah, uh, I, I think. Uh, one piece does it in a slightly different order because you know one of the things about this standard opening shonen chapter is mm-hmm. that our young protagonist needs to display some incredible unforeseen power that proves that he is worthy of being the hero it's like when naruto does the shadow clone jutsu and whatnot uh mm-hmm. it's not it's not until after big inciting monster happens that luffy gets the gumbo gum or uh, no, he has the Gumbo. Well, he has the Gumbo. Luffy's, Luffy's a different type of protagonist. He's the like Dragon Ball, like I am super powerful protagonist. This is the overqualified protagonist, yeah, is yeah, what but, I refer to it as. Yeah, this is yeah. this is different. Um, but like uh, Demon very, Slayer is another example of yeah, this. Oh, of. Yeah, Demon Slayer is exactly mm-hmm. this, actually. Yeah, like I'm tag. How can you tell? <laughs> well, your unique character model for one, and your tragic backstory. Just because, how tragic is it? Because we, we um, uh, yeah, how tragic is it? We uh, skipped over uh, Velu's backstory is that his family had been eaten by a different werewolf, uh, well, presumably a different werewolf. Mm-hmm. It's never confirmed or denied, but he's um uh he's been orphaned by werewolves, so you know it's personal and all. Um, and was raised is... was raised by the village, more specifically by the mayor. Yeah, specifically by the mayor, but by the village in general, which is how you know they're all screwed. Because uh, if the town doesn't like loathe the main character, they're all dead. But yeah, and I mean like it. it I had to tell you, there's a lot of world building in this too. Um, you know, it's like I really do wonder what this series would have filled its, you know, shonen, you know, breadth with if it would have all been werewolves or if there would have been other like major antagonists, like if there would have been an arc with just the werewolves and then it moves on to an arc with some other kind of creature. They set set up plenty of that, but we uh, we get to the setup for that a little uh, after a few more uh, chapters. Uh, One thing I want to point out um, that I really enjoyed at the start of chapter two was 
uh, during the opening little narration boxes uh, and Grimm is asking uh, Velu if he wants to become a hunter. Uh, they depict the werewolves as these like weird stained glass mosaics uh, pitted directly against the very um, standardly drawn raised weapons of the hunter. And it it's a very cool way of uh, depicting the the normal air quotes world uh, fighting against the mysterious darkness. And uh, the and Grimm's like, hey, kid, do you want to become a protagonist? No, that would require leaving the Hamlet and I need to protect them. Yeah, we get the classic refusing of the call. <laughs> Grabs him by the shoulders, starts shaking him. What do you mean? We need more warm bodies. I mean, become a hunter. Oh, uh, and then uh, considering what what proceeds to happen for the rest of this sort of like opening bit, I was kind of convinced that the subsequent like like not the not the uh, the the two chuckleheads who come in next, but what comes after that, I was kind of convinced that Grimm did that because like she keeps talking like, OK, let me demonstrate to you why you need to leave. And uh, there are two other uh, werewolves nearby. Mm hmm. Uh, Dumb and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're kind of right on that one. And honestly, we get a we get a pretty like, you know, standard shonen you know, puzzle box, you know, and like a little bit more world building, a little bit more explanation of the rules. The axe head of the mayor's woodcutter axe is uh, Wolfonium, a super special magic metal that the Hunter's Guild made that stops werewolf regeneration. Oh, my God. This is this is everything I hate in Shonen's where they feel the need to have a scientific explanation for nonsense that is explicitly <laughs> magical. Like, yeah, it's just like they go on this thing about how we have to use Wolfonium, because if you just use silver, that'd be too weak to use as a weapon. So we've got this weapon that has the magical properties of silver, but is also heavier than lead. Mm, isn't that smart? And I'm like, no, that's needlessly complicated. <laughs> the the silver could just be magic like yeah or there are honestly more clever solutions where you uh the edge of the blade be silver but the rest of it be a different material because then you mm -hmm. can do fun things like the blade breaking being a factor you know nope it's made out of a super metal yeah i don't want anyone complaining that my katanas don't snap in half unless it's plot relevant <laughs> <laughs> And it's super weird that a whole Wolfonium axe would be in this random hamlet. Who was the mayor? Whoa, mysterious. Uh, by the way, we've got we have Dumb and Dumber to deal with. <laughs> uh, dumb, or as I refer to him, Skinny. Uh, he he thinks he's the clever one. He's really not. But his grand plan is to have Dumber or Chubby uh, go in and wreak havoc so that the villagers hide in a in a uh, singular place. And he'll slip in among them using his transforming powers. Oh. Yes, the town will gather in this shelter and I will destroy them. This is why I am the superior hunter. And this is my favorite instance of Death Note. But if the person <laughs> in Death Note, if the people in Death Note thought chess was rock, paper, scissors. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like, dude. Yeah. The puts the gun to the back of his head and says, Man, this this town has a population that's barely cracking triple digits. I know everyone's face. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, 
You really think I'm going to fall for that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although we do have my absolute favorite page. That, that's a lie. I've, I've got a, a lot of those. But one of my favorite pages, which is uh, we do have to deal with uh, Dumber rampaging around town. So Grim takes the uh, big heavy alarm bell from the bell tower. It's like, yep, it's got a good heft to it. Who leaps and clocks him on the head with it. <laughs> yeah, we actually get to see uh, Grim properly fighting at this point. Uh, her gimmick is more gun. <laughs> Well, she is Grim of the Hundred Cannons. Which so that's she... another that's another one where it uh, takes on a double meaning later. Mm -hmm. If she can't brute force her way through a situation, she'll just use bruder force. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of fun moments where it's like, so you've seen through this phase of my plan. However, my brother slams into the ground next to him, having been beaten by Grim. <laughs> Huh. Bro. I, I didn't really think this through, did I? <laughs> ah, well, you see, it's fine. I will just kill my brother with my werewolf powers, and now I will use my werewolf powers of regeneration to tear apart my own muscles, so that way they regenerate stronger than before. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm genuinely wondering if the point of this character is he's an idiot because mm -hmm. they never make that immediately clear <laughs> <laughs> because velu and grim are played as if they're out thinking him with the obvious plan but his plan is dumb it's well air everyone into a central location then as a complete stranger to this small town convince them to go out looking for people I, I guess Velu's just super smart because he knows every single person in the village, but like it I think that I think the way it's supposed to work is he thinks he's a genius when he's really just like lower end mid intelligence. You're really and, mid, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and uh Velu and Grim are like cause because like even even Velu, who this is all relatively new to, he's like, that was a stupid plan. <laughs> like he acknowledges it. You think you wouldn't I wouldn't notice this people uh, every single person here who's my home. He's like, you know, 300 people. Yeah, maybe not, not like by name, the, but I mean, I recognize their face and stuff. I recognize the one guy sitting by himself with no extended family looking hungrily at everyone else. I, <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it is kind of supposed to be that Dumb and Dumber are, you know, Dumb and Dumber. The thing that uh, Velu and grim need to do is even though these guys are idiots they're still very dangerous because werewolves are inherently very dangerous yeah they're they're very physically so, powerful so a lot of the a lot of the cleverness and outsmarting is getting around the werewolf powers as established in this universe outsmarting this guy isn't the feat and as established i i want to point out this is how it's explained the werewolves are really strong because they're have shape-shifting, and that shape-shifting requires them to be able to move their muscle fibers. And by reworking their muscle fibers and regenerating their muscle fibers, they are able to be, like, super strong and survive any blow. Except what happens if they break a bone? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably their big stonking muscles just hold the bones in place. I mean, probably that is genuine. They probably make a cast out of muscles. <laughs> that yes. sounds that sounds like shonen logic to me. Otherwise known as the Deku method. Deku Deku. Deku. 
Oh. <laughs> I love Deckard. No, 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 no. See, they can move their organs around to keep their bones in place. <laughs> <laughs> that will never not be the thing. <laughs> yes. Just yes. Jacob, you forgot to do the thing where you turn your brain off. Just uh, don't. Well, you shouldn't be turning your brain off in Red Hood because it definitely does try and convince you it's a cere uh, cerebral shonen. <laughs> Yeah, like, we get plot flashbacks as if like, ah, did you see the secret thing I was pulling on? And I'm like, no, you, you buddy, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. We're chapter two. You're still in the safe zone for this. Please, <laughs> please don't use this method every single chapter of your 18 chapter run. And boy, do they get close. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a little bit falls into the Naruto trap. It over explains because I think that's I think that's the reason why there's a lot here I really like. But like it it was the sort of thing where I kind of understand why uh, Sam lost track of it. I think I probably would have too if I was just sort of reading it in the wild. It's trying to set up puzzle box fights and it's not it's doing it well enough. But mm -hmm. it's also kind of uh, it's playing its hand a little early, so to say. But um, we get the whole thing with Velu um, mid rant. Clever werewolf is just like, hey, brother, what are you doing helping me? I told you to go be a distraction, you dumb idiot. Well, I'm going to murder him. You can't murder him. And then uh, Grimm's just like, no, hold on, let him cook. <laughs> <laughs> I did love that. <laughs> Velu's like, I'm, I'm a good boy protagonist. Seeing this sort of betrayal is, even if it's among my enemies, it, it feels wrong. And Grimm's like, no, you idiot. Let them, Let them kill, kill each other. <laughs> Valu, Dude. we're going to be killing both of these people. Die. <laughs> Enemy team killing just saves us effort. Ugh. And I mean, like, is another case where just because of the nature of how the series ended, I, we do we do sort of see uh, like where it was intending to go, which is a pretty standard, you know, shonen path of main character is a walking pile of empathy. They still need to kill at least most of the bad guys, but have, you know, having that empathetic streak is ultimately validated by what's sort of exposition dumped at the end. It's very much the case where like, this, this is pretty standard when it comes to the kind of protagonist that Velu is mm. and the kind of series that Red Hood is trying to be. It feels weird when they go through so much effort from like the narrative, from like, uh, omniscient like narrator and as well as Grimm constantly going like by the way werewolves they're in human skin but at the point they are they are monsters who can only be put down to then have like but I'm sympathetic to everyone it's like but <laughs> you're fighting like the narration boxes at this time buddy mm -hmm. like look kid I understand the honor reflex but uh, monsters gonna monster uh, sort of my perspective on this is is twofold. I think my overall view uh, on Red Hood is I see the ambition. I see where it was going and I like where it was going. I just don't know if it had its full run, if it could have managed to pull it off, because it's like I am always going to be on the side of a of a character who's like, yes, it's not logical, but screw that empathy is good. I'm always going to be on the side of that character. Because empathy good. I'm sorry, but I, you know, I'm going to I'll die on that hill. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, there is the fact that like the narration boxes are directly refuting him. 
I'm going to skip ahead to the end because hopefully, listener, you've done the reading. The narration boxes are literally diegetic and they are proven that they can be wrong. So like that's sort of where this is going. Like that's the reason why the narration boxes are being actively refuted. And it does do a lot to early on establish the fact that like narrative, like not not even just something like it's the Chekhov series of gun, but like characters talk about like the script and altering the pages and such like there's there's an obvious meta narrative coming very early on but it is very much the case where it's like depending on how long you try to stretch this sort of thing out for does that get lost for the audience because if the audience doesn't pick up on that it just comes off as a mistake Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it was as short as it was it never got to the point where I was like questioning whether or not this is a plot point or a mistake. And I don't know which side I would have fallen on if this had been the long form shonen that it had intended to be originally. Yeah, it'd have been nice to find out. Mm. But hey, the uh, the werewolves are defeated. So Everyone that- survived. Wow, this is so cool. We, we sure did a great job, guys. Why is a giant smoke portal opening up? Why is there a 30 story tall werewolf here? With yeah, a- I- with a with a sassy lost child. <laughs> yeah, th- this is th- this is the part where I was like, uh, so Grimm said that she was going to uh, show him show Velu why he should become a hunter. They succeeded in protecting the village and Velu proved that like he can do it on his own. So like that seems like that seems like it would incentivize Velu to stay and then the BBEG or at least the presumed BBEG shows up and it's like Grimm. Grim, did you summon the BBEG to destroy his village to give him the tragic backstory? <laughs> I am the Y Wolf. <laughs> that it, it turns out that is not what it was, but it, it's but, one of those ones where or, I'm like, or that is what it was, but it wasn't Grim that did it. I was expecting uh, a uh, Grim betrayal as mm. being, you know, one eh, of the aborted eh, plot lines. Eh, a Grim betrayal. Eh, eh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Very funny. But uh, yeah, we get a werewolf the size of a mountain with cute witch girl sidekick mm -hmm. who says, I'm here to check on my sons. Oh, looks like they're dead. (laughs) What a shame. Hey, by the way, boy, you look pretty cool. I'm not going to kill you now, but when you're big and strong, I'll kill you then later. Also, witch girl, light this bitch up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, uh, Lycaon and Cinderella. I do like how Lycaon's entire character is just going, Omoshiroi. <laughs> that is his entire personality. And That's I love why he's here. <laughs> I love the the ultimate reveal with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ultimate reveal with him is just fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> The ultimate reveal with him is very much where the series got canceled, because <laughs> yeah. that was definitely not supposed to happen that early on. <laughs> I mean, it also definitely the series got threatened to be canceled immediately after this chapter because things start going into hyperdrive. <laughs> yeah, the series progressively accelerates over the course of its run. You ever end up becoming the the victim of corporate cuts by being turned into an example of meta narrative cutting? <laughs> <laughs> oh. But um, Grim goes to try to fight uh, Lycaon, we learn as his name, uh, Wolf King. Her 
magic power runs out, which we learn is that she was cursed by a witch to be uh, turned into baby mode. And only by casting a magic spell can she uh, revert to big mode. Uh, but she can only stay in that form for three hours a day until she becomes very tired and cannot uh, be big mode anymore. My favorite consequence for using magic powers. I get sleepy. <laughs> that means whatever you want it to mean. OK, Megamine. Belu <laughs> decides to stand up against them with a with a rake. <laughs> And that's when the Omoshiroi happens. And uh, they're like, okay, I'm officially out of excuses to uh, refuse the call anymore. I'll become a hunter. Oh, whoa, whoa. I didn't say it'd be that easy. First, we got to go get on a crab. What? <laughs> We're yes. on a crab now. You heard me. I, I got to say, one of the greatest victims of this series being canceled is we'll never learn more about their crab-based infrastructure. Yes! They have so many of them. I love that they're going through this desert on a hermit crab transportation. And that makes sense because hermit crabs, it's just a huge hermit crab that has a bus on its back. However, yes. Yes. while in the desert coming out of the sand is a giant armored crab. And that has a foam that when mixed with sand becomes an adhesive and it is stuck a tank to its back. Yes. They're, they're called armored crabs because they create their own armor. But this one had a tank. What's a tank? You'll find out about it when you get to town. What? <laughs> he, he, then, he then proceeds to not find out about it when they get to town <laughs> also i'm pretty sure they're on the beach because there's an ocean that a giant is walking through that yeah. makes sense but the the beach they're on is so ridiculously wide mm. that there is a yeah. large swath of sand i should say like this isn't like a couple of yards this is at least a few miles, because this is a whole like shot from like targeted yeah. range. Because uh, we find out there is a smaller type of hermit crab that lives in people's skulls, and those are intelligent and have long, dexterous arms, and that is manning the cannon inside of <laughs> the, the tank. tank. <laughs> what? So this is literally I, like a face hugger type situation. I want to explore this world of of. I mean, crabs are the ultimate life form. Yeah. All yes. things must inevitably advance to crab. Mm -hmm. Those are facts. Yes. Yep. But uh, they have to fight the crab, except um, Grim can't because she's sleepy. Sleepy. So she needs the. the... the There's these two characters who are like, we weren't good enough to be hunters. And that's the whole reveal is they're like super good soldiers. But even they failed the hunter exam last time, mm -hmm. which cool um and, and, and they're siblings they're sasuke likes <laughs> and, and they, they also continue the running theme of this manga desperately attempting to do western names um <laughs> to tilty and milty title and mital one or the other it's got too many y's in it yeah i think it's supposed to be tilty and milty yes that's how i read it Confusingly enough, it's actually Tilty and Mytle. <laughs> Here's two characters that are going to get a lot of character development on all the arcs we're going to have. Uh, oh. Unfortunately. But uh, after defeating... I, I'm making jokes, but I do feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. oh. After after defeating the armored crab, they arrive in town <laughs> at the dumbest thing I've seen in my life. But I love it. <laughs> The combination 
freight train, boat, training camp, mobile fortress. Just don't try to. I, I can't. Physics. No. The ironworks. You're in the freight train. You're in the mobile fortress. You're at it's, the combination freight train and mobile, mobile fortress. <laughs> it's like a 25 story. Osha would have a fit. Okay. Cube. That is on top of a normal ass sized train, <laughs> which is riding a track that is in the ocean. Yes. This makes Where do sense. you put your tracks? Yeah, Sam, where do you Nor- put your tracks? On the land, normally. <laughs> that's that's discrimination. You should really broaden your horizons, Sam. You know what? I, I would be about more ocean trains. That does sound like something you'd enjoy. This is shonen, like nonsense, mm-hmm. classic standard. I, I also want to point out this mobile fortress is larger than the town. Yeah, <laughs> it picked up it. Like they they build up the port town of Bordersport. This town is like ten buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there was originally going to be more plot there, and that didn't happen. <laughs> I I have it a is- feeling. I have a feeling that what was supposed to go there was supposed to be world building about because like they're like when they introduce the tank, it's like, oh, I thought this was a I thought this was like a, a medieval or or like early modern period sort of thing, because like there's muskets and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. Grim has uh, uh, I'm pretty sure they're bolt action rifles. So that's a little bit more modern. And then, oh, wait, there's a tank. Is this like a post apocalyptic thing? And here's this and here's this just like great war tank. Or, yeah, it's a World War Two tank. That's not even a great war tank. It's like world. That's like mm. World War Two. It's like I have a feeling that 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 the port town was originally supposed to flesh out, you know, like the world in the sense of the literal physical world the story takes place in, and we like learn a little bit of history about this world. Oh, well, no, no, no. Instead, we get a town of ten box cube sand huts. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the landscape right now. It's literally ten cubed buildings with three windows on each. Yeah, because um, because we look, we don't have time for this. We need to get to the other big titty giant muscle uh, lady <laughs> who yes. was also cursed by a witch. Post haste. Yes, I'm just saying. I think the witches are cursing people because they jealous. Yeah, because the witches got a certain body type, and the people they curse got a certain body type. I'm just saying, stop. You know, body positivity, everybody. Yes, body positivity. Look, the the witches just need to know that flat is justice as well. So, Sam takes all types. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, hey, hey! Not just Sam. I, I, I enjoyed the diversity (laughs) in this as well. Yeah, we got it. You say diversity. (laughs) Literally, grim and hot-blooded debonair have identical physiques. (laughs) They just wear different clothes. Okay, those two are the same, but uh, then you've got uh, Cinderella and you've got the other camp hopefuls are a whole bunch of different uh... different folks. Fair. Yeah. You got the nun is the sort of standard anime character body type. You've got uh, Milty is, uh, you know, has actual human adult proportions. Proportions, so yeah. That's, that, that one's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, introductions of the camp participants. <laughs> we get... We get Deathwing, <laughs> big oh. jaw, big iron jaw metal friend. Uh, don't you? Yes, yeah, is that a character from um, One Piece? 
He reminds uh, me of that big hulking dude from One Piece. Axe and Morgan. Actually, oh, yeah, he does kind of look like Axe and Morgan. Which, um, you're, you're probably thinking of him after he gets his jaw broken by Luffy, so he gets the replacement one. But yeah, that's who I immediately thought of. He's going to be the only character that gets his full character development. Oh my god, he, he yeah. just vomits his character development. <laughs> yes, my man, Bike Joe Bonkers. I'm, I'm so confused. Cause, cause clear, cause we find out Big Joe is a nickname, and I'm wondering, was he supposed to be Big Joe Bonkers? Cause that would make sense. Instead, it sounds vaguely like a slur, and I'm just gonna call him Bonkers. His Japanese name is Bikujo, so it's Bikujo. like it's Bikujo with like K's. So I'm like, it, maybe I don't, I don't understand. Uh, we also have old man who I think dies. No, he gives up oh. and rows himself back to uh, shark. Cause that's the way this works. This is a three month ride in the combination freight train mobile fortress where you're go being put through a uh, ostensibly very hellish training by uh, mommy. I mean, debonair. The manga wants you to call her mommy. But yes. <laughs> And uh, if you decide to give up, then they will give you a rowboat and point you towards shore. Here's the thing I don't get. The thing? <laughs> there's, there's lots of things I don't get, but this one is, st is sticking in my craw. It's, it's the problem with the, the swordsmith village thing. How do you get there if it's secret? How, how do you get there on a train if it's a secret location? Yeah, the hunter's headquarters is a uncharted island on no map. That train goes to. You don't even have to follow the track. This ship makes Regular. yearly, yearly, if not every six months, oh, no. journeys to this place. Like judging by Bonkers' backstory, it, it is basically round trip constant. So you could just follow the train. Also, there are windows. Also, they give you a rowboat if, if you are a dropout hopeful. There is such a massive trail of information leading to this secret base. Uh, look, yes. the Hunter's Guild <laughs> is clearly full of um, very, very qualified people, but not for the reasons you think. <laughs> there is also the factor that uh, plot armor is uh, an actual thing in this. But uh, again, that's one of those ones where it's like, if this had been longer form and the audience doesn't pick up on that, that just comes off as a mistake. <laughs> also is just a mistake well yeah also but, debonair has her like formals on and it's literally just a hat she wears over her like skin tight outfit or yeah. a hat and a and a big coat yeah a big coat that does not fit on her so she has to wear it boncho style <laughs> because she's going for an aesthetic yeah ain't, ain't nothing <laughs> buttoning over those but um you know, they're they're having all this training. Velu's being uh, very determined. He's very sad that old man uh, dropped out and rode away. Yeah, and, and this is another case where uh, I'm pretty sure that this is originally supposed to be longer, but the looming threat of cancellation uh, hyper accelerated it because we get introduced to Slime Mold Man and then 
not introduced to him. <laughs> the stinger at the end of one of the chapters is that quite obviously to what I was saying, this is very easy to follow, which is why like Kaon is doggy paddling through the ocean after it. <laughs> Cinderella is sitting on his head and I guess the mayor is here too. Yeah, he's, they're, the, he's they're, alive. They're not super clear whether uh, the old man was the mayor in disguise or if they killed the old man. Mm-hmm. That's sort of left up to your own interpretation. They they cut kind of intentionally around it. And uh, yeah, he's uh, the uh, this is this is where we and to be fair, the, again, I feel like the, this would have been a little bit later in the series had it not had cancellation concerns. This is relatively early on where they start explicitly talking about like affecting the narrative and changing the script, because like there there's a there's a conversation between um uh, like Heon, uh, Cinderella and the mayor that it's one of those ones where it's like, OK, you're you're saying out loud that the that like plot devices and 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 narrative structure is going to be a part of the story. Uh, Cinderella says to the mayor that he edited the script to add dumb and dumber that he wasn't supposed to do that. Uh-huh. And that Grimm is bound to find out. At which point, uh, she'll report it to the guild, and something bad will happen to him. We also learned the mayor's name is Heck Horlock, <laughs> which is the most evil sorcerer <laughs> name I've ever heard. <laughs> for a man, for a man built like uh, like uh, Joe Bunyan, he is the most evil sorcerer. But how evil is he? His name is Heck Horlock. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, a part of me wants to say that depends on a matter of perspective, but uh, Heck Horlock. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, okay. The mayor, he, he's he's Square Klaus, is what he is. Yes, and that is why he has mysterious. He, he has the mysterious infinite backstory and knowledge and power. Oh, I just love how Sin. Cinderella goes on this whole thing about like you outlined that initial conflict in so many different ways and you could have done it so many different better ways. All you've done is waste page space. And I'm like, okay, Mr. Editor, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you get the metaphor? Uh, You guys ever have to do like writing workshops or like trying to help out someone writing something and you just have to read their like fiction script and you're like, oh, you have... You have literally just poured an exact life experience onto the page and are pretending like it isn't. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a hard conversation to have with them because they're like, yeah, no, isn't this a weird, relatable thing? No, this is relatable no- to no one other than you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd do that before. Uh, but um, we continue the training arc. The, the much abbreviated training arc, we are introduced to Mold Man. His name is Mariopius. Just call him Mary. And Big Joe Bonkers shows up. <laughs> and Tilty is here, I guess. It was never made explicit that he was joining this uh, training camp, but he's here Until now. Until now, yeah. <laughs> and, and and again, this is one of those ones where it's boy, like, boy, I can't wait for Milty to get her character development, too. He's <laughs> also here. Obviously, she can't go into the boys' dur- dorm. Yeah, her plot arc is going to happen later. But like, it's uh. so 
it's so weird why this scene happens because they're like we had so many dropouts they're condensing us into like rooms your two roommates dropped out so here are your two new roommates and i'm like maybe you could have just been roommates from the beginning then <laughs> like mm -hmm. well that I, I i think it's pretty obvious there was originally going to be other characters that mm -hmm. were the dropouts that got cut like like you can see the further this goes the more cuts you can see but, but here's the thing we saw the introduction and it was clear they were already making cuts you could have just done it then like it's yeah yeah mm -hmm. i i see i i feel like there's some crossbone in this where the uh the mangaka is like if i just overstuff this maybe i can like get permission to go back and fix it someday which is such a sad and self-destructive way of writing a story because it never helps there's a lot of pettiness in this uh yeah narrative yeah we'll we'll get to the final conflict <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna say i dislike the final con well I, i've i've got i've got we'll get there for it when we get there we'll get there when we get there right now um we have uh, gone through all three months of this uh, training arc in uh, one and a half chapters. And now it's time for the debarkation exam. We saw none of the training other than they worked out and some people quit because it was too much working out. Also, mm -hmm. they had to eat fish salad or something. I... Yeah. Yeah, there's some sort of weird food. But um, the debarkation exam, which is different every time, so you can't prepare for it. Or if you pass, then you get to get off at the stop at the island and, you know, become a hunter. If you fail, then you need to ride the train back doing all of the working out again. Well, Sam, they can't kick you off the boat at the end because then you can just sail to the secret island no one knows the location of. <laughs> <sighs> I know what you're thinking. You could quit just before the exam and then you have to row your boat the entire length of the journey back I for the secret island no one knows the location of. I mean, the At funny thing is a character is actually doing that and <laughs> gets called out for that being suspicious. Well, no, he purposely fails the final exam so that he can take the, the training back because he's trying to have free room and board. Yeah, he's, he's bumming it on the on the elevator. <laughs> uh, but um, but um, the debarkation exam this time it is cops and robbers, where it is debonair versus uh, all of the trainees. If she uh, catches you and slaps the cuffs on you, then you uh, go to jail, and uh, whoever is not in jail at the end of two hours uh, gets to get off the train. Mm -hmm. That's, like okay there's like 43 of us i'm pretty sure we can pull this off and at which point grim is like nope not too easy besides i haven't been big form recently and we need to keep the readership going all right boom i am joining in now mm -hmm. you'll now get beaten up by both muscle mommies <laughs> uh. but wait a minute what's debonair's power we don't know all we know is she is large in several ways with muscles also she has a real warm handshake. Yes. You shake her hand and uh, your hand feels kind of singed. Uh, so we got a we got a real quick uh, have a kaiju show up so that we can uh, establish how uh, utterly screwed hopefuls are. I, I like the giant monsters and Me like the, the cool manta ray 
with the like crabs or like cool set pieces. And clearly what was happening, uh, well, no, because objectively this is the first time anyone sees anything. So what should have been happening is along the way, they should have been fighting these things in the water. <laughs> but we get this scene where a uh, tidal manta ray comes up. That thing's as big as a tidal wave. Certainly looks to me. She jump, she jump out a boat. She punch it real good with her super fire fist and make a cannon. She puts on, um, oh God, what are the, what are the big daddy ripoffs in Bioshock Infinite? Uh, handyman. She puts on a handyman suit. Yeah, she puts on her handyman cosplay, which, uh, is only for her arms, her shoulders, and her tits. There's still a cleavage window in it. <laughs> Because well, yeah, of course. she needs <laughs> to vent the heat. She can't be trapped in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you got to put it right there. Yes. That, that is the optimal location. You know, people There's can choose people can choose what they want to wear, Jacob. You can't <laughs> <police> <laughs> women I like how I'm the one who is complaining about this and Jake's getting roasted. <laughs> Bold of you to be a Puritan. <laughs> uh but uh, yes, this is where Grim expositions that Debonair was also cursed by a witch to have her body exude extreme heat without burning herself so that she burns everything else around her. I love the clip we get of a child in the middle of a burnt down village. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool and impactful. Immediate next slide. But don't worry, she's learned how to control it perfectly. Cool. <laughs> yep. I do, I do like the uh, um, the setup and payoff that uh, uh, Cinderella is the one who uh, cursed Ebonair. Mm -hmm. Considering <laughs> considering what remains of the story, because like again, obviously there was so much more that was going to go in here. That was well set up and paid off. Mm -hmm. She uses her fifteen hundred degree billet punch. <laughs> Notably, does not kill the manta ray. It turns it around, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Because it's it's in the water. Yeah, you can't burn in the water. She flies back, drops down in front of the trainees, and goes, "All right, fight me, please." No. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, and like the participants themselves, uh, I think we're gonna need a few minutes as a break. Yeah, as we prepare for the game of cops and robbers, which no one will have any comments on. Definitely, definitely none. Fun. Be right back, folks. and robbers whoa training arc yeah Woohoo! speed running plot yeah yeah you'd think that you'd think that but this is still like yeah uh, well i mean it's the it's the training arc mm -hmm. and i i'm only speculating that there was going to be more with that town but i feel like that stuff got cut to get to this quicker Oh, no, I'm I'm yeah, I'm saying this cops and robbers takes basically the entirety of the run left. There's like three chapters at the end, but like mm. this cops and robbers takes some time. It it goes on for a for a hot minute. Yeah.
it really is kind of the last like you get more of this if you keep me around sort of thing. And then the the audience clearly had a defining. OK. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to do the thing that in these sorts of like tests where the main character squad does something that is that is uh, outside of the common wisdom. And this is like, oh, oh they actually understand. Whoa. I, I love the realization one of them has. It's like, that's an incredibly impractical way to have a final exam. You're right. It is incredibly <laughs> impractical and actually tests nothing. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, I disagree. I actually think this is really clever. OK, what about it is very clever. So the uh, if you simply run away because Grim picked up Velu because he was moderately, decently skilled, it like he, he he's a child, you know, they need bodies. And if someone is able to get away from two of the strongest hunters for two hours, which is a fairly long time to run away in a confined space, at the very least, you won't get in the way. You'll at least be a warm body, and they know that you'll be at least strong enough to, uh, under the right circumstances, take down one of the enemies that they face because you've done all the training to get there. That means you are at least good enough that they can let you in the guild and the lowest starting level. However, as Velu and some of the other participants realize, this is a test to see if we can become hunters. If you get away, you prove that you are at least physically capable of surviving the fight. Mm -hmm. But going after the things hunting you and turning, you know, the hunter into the hunted, that's exactly what happened with Grimm in the very first fight with the first werewolf. She used the fact that it was trying to hunt her against it to actually kill it. Ooh. Mm -hmm. They want a test that is strenuous enough that uh, it will weed out the people who simply aren't strong enough. If you get mm -hmm. caught, you get caught. You're not strong enough. Mm -hmm. And then they want to see of the remaining people whose leadership material and who's, uh, who's just bodies to throw at a problem. Yeah, it is... Um... It's a very play the objective kind of thing. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's very on the nose. Like, it's not clever. It's. It is what it is on the tin. It's like, don't let me beat you up and you strong unless you can also be teamwork like it's like they play it up like this realization is like a big thing and have their like Death Note flashbacks constantly. But like, yeah, that that's the plot twist there is that they've got this thing. And they keep that running the entire time. Like, mm. like, that's all it is, is like, hey, did you know we could work as a team when we're in jail? Because they have the whole thing about um, the handcuff recharges. And they're like, well, they only have five on each of them. So if we get rid of them, they can't arrest more people unless they can. And there's a whole <laughs> Venn diagram of it. And it's like, at the end of the day, the plan still is then get in jail and have someone break everyone free at the end. Yeah. Which mm. is even in the context of the story, turns out to have not been a great plan because Grimm isn't playing by the rules. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. And I mean, I, perhaps a clarification. In concept, I think that it's really well done because the way in which the test tests the applicants, I think is really smart. The execution I was very met on and honestly, I didn't really because I was so much enjoying like conceptually uh, the cleverness of specific, not not so much the character solving it, but the cleverness of the test itself. 
I didn't. I, I wasn't really thinking about why uh, the execution. I wasn't too met. Uh, why I was so met on it, and I think it is. I think it is because they a bit overplay the characters figuring out the point of the test. Because there is an awful lot of uh, back padding. <laughs> we've got to. We've got to keep to Velu's brilliant plan that's going to keep us all working together. I'm like, yeah, it's it, it, it's not a plan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much the case where. Them just having the revelation that, no, we shouldn't just run, we should fight. They have a weakness like a werewolf has a, has weaknesses. We go for the weakness, and that way we can't lose because we take out the target. You know, it's not simply about running away. It's also about, you know, can we go on the offensive? If they had just done that once and then shut up about it, <laughs> it probably would have been better. No, they have to like drive it home. They're playing this up like it's a, a battle of wits mind games. And I'm just like, I know we make fun of it, but Platinum End, this is not like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Platinum I... End, I at least believe the characters are intelligent in this. It's dumb and corny, but I at least believe the characters are smart. In this, I'm like, you sure want me to think these characters are smart. I love this in concept, but back to having figured it out like three or four times. And it's not giving any new information. And like, I think that's the problem. Like, there's nothing new. You've got you a know? manga that clearly has limited page space and you have Velo explain to their prison guard their plot, despite the fact <laughs> they'd already explained it to themselves. Yeah, like, like that's where that's where the problem lies. But we need to introduce more characters like the big titty nut or we have Ling Yao at home. I, I love businessman. <laughs> <laughs> we also need businessman. Ah, uh, he was he was going to have a plot arc that didn't happen. I'm Bus going to take over the monopoly they have. Also, I use business speak like downsizing and cutting unnecessarily books from our lineup. Wait a second. Ah, <laughs> uh, they're aware. He's he's just a big. He's a big brute. <laughs> who works at a business and does business things. I guess my thing is you've got the two best, from what we can tell, these are the two best hunters in the entire guild. And they have two hours to capture all the new recruits. And they sure kind of <laughs> eventually get around to it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, there's the, the bit at the beginning, and then... It seems like they kind of just dick around for a good chunk of the time. Yeah, it. well, one of the things is no killing, and that applies to uh, the instructors as well, which for Debonair is an actual, uh, like, thing of needing to restrain herself so she doesn't burn everyone to death. Otherwise, she would insta-win. And then Grim is just like, if I knock them unconscious then I can come back and handcuff them later. If they die of a brain aneurysm from the concussion I gave them 20 years later, that doesn't yeah. count as killing them now. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nearly lampshaded. You know, I mean, like, there, there are parts of this that are... Like, again, I love it in concept, because there are parts of this where it actually, like, pulls off what it's... Because it's trying to be a puzzle box fight, is what it's going for. And, like, there are clever moments, like... um What's the best place to hide from Debonair? In the boiler room with all the coal. She can't use her powers in there because it'll blow up the entire thing. 
you know, know like you say that, Jacob. But then she uses a lesser version of her powers in there. It's like, I have to only use 140 degrees of my... And I'm like, okay. I, why then? That's a, uh, oh, the instructor is stronger than we thought moment, which is pretty standard. It's it's uh, it's set, it basically it's setting the power curve going forward for the series that was already ending. So again, in concept, it's clever. The other one that I liked was uh, there isn't an explicit no guns rule, but you're not supposed to seriously injure or kill anyone. So it's sort of like an unofficial rule that there's no guns and uh, a character pulls out a gun and shoots a crane. And it's like, is this like, yeah, like, like, OK, what was that for? And it was literally just a distraction. <laughs> but that's smart. I liked that. That was, um, you know, oh, Grimm seems to be under the understanding that the rule was no guns, no swords, because that's what she quotes. Well, yeah, she, yeah. But like, that's also because if she used her guns, she'd kill people. <laughs> Like mm, rim of the hundred cannons. <laughs> we love we love the business guy, right? Like there there are, there's a lot. We have businessman who's defeated with the power of mold and communism. <laughs> You're not wrong. So so he basically said, "Hey, I got fifty of the." Also, insane number of people made it to the final round here. Uh, yeah, it's like. 30 or 40, I think. Yeah, I think it's 30. The, the yeah, fluctuates a bit. it was like it, an entire class, wasn't it? it? It's I, I want to say it's higher than that, because I think um, I thought it was this, 70. Yeah, I want to say 70 sounds right, because businessman says I've got like 30 people under my employment. And we learn that um, Grimm has knocked out 20 people. Hmm. I thought it was 30, but I could have read wrong. Yeah. But um anyway, he's just given everyone money and then he's beaten by mold and he's just like, hey, have you ever thought if we just work together, that'd be pretty cool? We should go forward, not as employee employers, but as comrades in this fight against evil. And everyone was cool with that. <laughs> World peace achieved. Uh, all of businessman's employees were like, yeah, I'd like to not get beaten up by this asshole anymore. <laughs> various other <laughs> shenanigans that happen including my favorite which is uh bonkers terrible no good very bad day big joe bonkers who we then get to find out that his real name is clenanon which also his, is just gibberish his last name is still bonkers i want that to be very that's, clear that's his first name because he introduces himself as bonkers and it's it's so confusing because he also says he's from like the Miscott family. So his family name is not Clenanon Bonkers or Big Joe Bonkers. Nope. It's whatever the hell he wants it to be. This is this is another one where um I was reading through that and it like, ah, I love these kinds of stories. Dear God, this is rushed. It's uh, not bad. It's just it's oh, just I, something that should have happened over the course of an entire I, arc, not four pages. I hated this backstory. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to just tell him, hey, you sure you haven't exaggerated that in your head? Because it seems really weird. And then everyone's just like, nope, that's, you know, sometimes you have a bad day, buddy. And it's just like insane. <laughs> the level like of he's kind of a jerk, but he's not at all a jerk and is not actually He's not responsible for any of the bad things that have happened to him. It's all just self-guilt. And it's just like, yeah, because the backstory is 
his town was ravaged by an Etten. It it looks like they don't call it an Etten, but it's a two-headed giant. And uh, like the half giants in this are also like elemental beings. Mm-hmm. But uh, like half the village was destroyed. The guild sent a hunter. The giant was defeated, but it left a lot of people homeless. And his family was like super rich. So they're they're like letting in refugees. And it's like, okay, so we've let in all these refugees, but we're kind of out of space now. And Bonkers is like, don't worry. These these latest refugees coming in from the rain, they can use my room. I'll like I'll like sleep on the couch or something point if you have extra room for you to sleep why can't they sleep there yeah i don't know about that but yep, uh exactly he had the best intentions but anyway I, I think he was actually like sleeping in his parents room because uh the yeah they do wandering. they mm. mentioned that he was sleeping with this in his parents room okay his father's snoring uh was keeping up so he was wandering around and it's like huh the lights are on in my room hey those refugees i let in are looting all the stuff Hey, you there! Stop it! Oh, <laughs> don't give him that much of the benefit of the doubt. He listens to them go, "Ah, yes, we're criminals, and we're stealing from them because they let people in. We're taking advantage of their good fortune." Hey, what if someone sees us stealing? Oh, don't worry, we'll just murder them immediately without any questions because we're bad, evil people. Wait, what was that sound out? I'm gonna do some murdering. Time to stab this child. <laughs> Oh no, better defend myself with the lantern. I'm up. Oh, nope, now we're both on fire. Oh no. Oh, that poor dumb robber ran for the window. <laughs> the, the robber, whose like whole body is on fire, flings himself out the window, which, okay. Because they saw a well, but the well had a gate over it? I don't think the paneling in this was very good, honestly. Also, it was raining outside, so, like, I'm gonna jump into the rain. I think the very evil, very bad robber mentioned something about getting into the rain. Yeah, I think that was the goal. That would make sense, then, because Big Joe does say that guy forgot we were on the second floor. And then he put the water out. He grabbed a vase and extinguished himself. But it was like it was like his chest and throat were scorched, so he can't talk. Makes me wonder, like, what his voice sounds like. It probably sounds like this. <laughs> and then, like any reasonable person would do, because he can't talk, everyone believed the person holding the knife, saying that guy tried to murder us. Well, I think I think the uh, the point where it gets a little bit too wooby is they see that the person who fell out of the uh, second story. Hey, look, he's got a, a pocket watch, uh, like a gold pocket watch with the family's name on it. Oh, he must have been robbing that. And then they proceed to be like, wow, he killed him for robbing it just for taking some uh, valuables. That's such an overreaction. He, like he oh lit him on God. fire and threw him out the second story window for stealing like like, Uncut- that's, the, that's the point where it gets so wooby. <laughs> Un- I cannot take it seriously Uncovering anymore. Uncovering the fact he was stealing from the family who was providing shelter to these people was seen as evidence of his unprovoked attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it lost me. I, I, I want to point out, 
This backstory is enough that his family name is drug through the dirt to the point he is in hiding from creditors. That's why he keeps doing the hunter training and keeps throwing at the last minute because it's three months there and three months back. That's six months of uh, room and board. Where no one can uh, chase him. So why don't you just complete the training? <sighs> Monsters like me don't deserve to be a hero. Oh God, I hate... I was nope. very conflicted, just... Oh yeah, no, this is stu- this is super fucking dumb. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing for me. A character like this who uh is is so racked with undue guilt can be done really well. And I can see the writing chops to make this work, but the problem here is that because it's all over the course of like four pages that this happens, it gets woobied so hard to the point where you can't take it seriously anymore. This sort of thing needs more time to breathe and needs more subtlety and nuance than what you can give in an exposition dump. Because when he just says it all out loud like this, when it's not like coming out piecemeal, it's so blindingly obvious that he doesn't deserve the guilt he's foisting on himself. And it makes it, it goes from being sympathetic to frustrating really fast. It's like, it's so like squeaky clean of a backstory too. Mm-hmm. Like the forgiveness means nothing. There is nothing to forgive. There's nothing so to forgive. You, you can't have the character arc of, Hey, cause Velu at the end of this, like puts his life out. Like he like is going out on the line for him going like, no, he deserves to be a hunter too. Cause we can, it doesn't matter what our past were. It matters that we turn over a new page and start a new life and work to being helping people one day at a time. I'm like, that only works if they've done something wrong. You yeah. can't forgive them for doing nothing wrong. Bellu does that whole thing. And Bonkers is like, you're right, little buddy, let's do this. And then Grim, who is standing there listening to this, is just like, also you're talking about hunters being heroes. We're not heroes. We do a job. I was there. I killed that Etten. <laughs> hey, do you remember the beginning of this manga where, like, the hunters work for money? We don't mention that ever again, but we work yeah. for money. Uh, and, like, there is also the uh, a bit of a funny bit where one of the side characters who unfortunately doesn't get development is like, you know you're foisting undue guilt on yourself, right? And, like... Like there, there is the squeaky clean nature of it, but like there's a way to make a character who is feeling undue guilt work. If you just explain it all up front, yeah. If you explain it all up front, like, oh, I mean, like this squeaky clean, maybe not, but like if you explain it all up front, it becomes so painfully obvious to the audience that it, like, you didn't do anything wrong. So why do you care that much? Like. It's the internalization and the like, like twisting it in your own head. Because one thing that actually works about this is um, he uh, he says something to the effect of I only let them in because I didn't want to seem like a heartless rich person. And it's like that's the kind of that's the kind of like mental gymnastics you can do when you want to hate yourself. So like that works, but like. It's that like 30 times in a row all together over the course of a very short amount of time. And it lo- like like it loses all subtlety and nuance. It's like, oh, no, I feel guilty that I only like I only helped them out of like trying to 
avoid consequences. I'm like, well, no, you only help them in addition to the town full of people you were already yeah. helping. Like it, it completely invalidates anything you're feeling right now. Like Big Joe, I have no sympathy for you. Yeah. 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 But unfortunately, he is the only person who gets a backstory, and it's not great. Because we don't even get Velu's backstory, we just get told about it, so it's like... Yeah, we don't, it doesn't, it doesn't get delved into the way it would have been. Oh, you know what? No, we do get one scene where he's just like, Hey, I'm too old to chop wood anymore. You've got to chop wood, boy. Okay, I'm going to chop wood for the next five years and be real buff. And Grim was like, whoa, chopping wood. That's a night training technique in the distant kingdom because it's a great full body workout. I'm like, God damn it. Not not everything is like that. (laughs) And it's great because that doesn't matter at all then because other than like that one thing he does with it, he gets the training from hell, which gives him like the shonen protagonist, like bodybuilder on a child kind of deal. Mm hmm. This is like, well, okay, he's already got super strength now, so. Yep, he's already Gohan after a year with Piccolo. In three months, which means he's stronger than Piccolo. <laughs> Except he can't make clothes shoot out of his hands, so. Yeah, he doesn't have the clothes beam. Anyway, uh, they use wave tactics to end up winning the, <laughs> winning the, <laughs> the cops and robbers. This is another one where it's like, in concept, I like the let's make everyone pass. But I think the problem is the sheer number of applicants. Like if there had been a training arc where a large group got cut down to a parsable number of characters and they're the group that wa- that succeeded. I think that would have meant something. But like we we don't know most of these people. Uh, also, like, whole thing about like they have to go, hey, wait, no. Does that mean all the people I knocked out but didn't arrest because I'm lazy, do they pass too? Oh, yeah, I, I guess they do technically pass. Yeah, we we really didn't test anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know where I got 42 in my mind from for the number of participants. It's because this was the 42nd debarkation exam. They do love saying random numbers because the name of this base is also like secret base number 21. Yeah. Secret but, is in, in quotation marks. Okay, so we've complete we've completed our truncated training arc. We did our final exam for the tournament arc, I guess. I don't know. Who's ready to wrap up the last three chapters with some uh, meta narrative esoteric bull? <laughs> that is a great summation of these last three chapters. I'm so annoyed because this is my vibe of weird deep lore stuff, but. <laughs> But poor execution, poor execution. I, I, I again, I, I sound like a broken record, but it's true. Conceptually, I think this is really cool. There's potential here. Dear God, the execution is not on point. Oh, my God. And I don't know how much is that. I don't know how much of it is because it was rushed due to its cancellation and how much of it was there just wasn't, you know, the writing chops there because I see flashes of brilliance. So I like the weird esoterica of this mm-hmm. like meta narrative thing. I don't like how a lot of it comes dripping off as like snarky responses to criticism and also like shouting out at people. And some of it honestly feels like you just got told there's a plot hole and you're like, nope, meta narrative. And it's like, okay, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) You're, you're ending anyway. And I, I do love the like second to last chapter. (laughs) 
Because mm-hmm. I do love any time the readers get told to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, get, getting uh, Shonen Shoujo vibes. <laughs> there's two points that I want to like address in this. Because like there, there's a big chunk of basically this is this is the manga the manga is diegetic is is the ultimate point of this um but there's two points that i i want to uh note and they both happen right at the beginning of this whole thing i know the exact point where the cancellation was official because the mayor teleports to velu says hurry we've got to get to the end game plot and then teleports velu to the end game plot (laughs) Like, it's so overt. I, <laughs> like, I mean, more so than that, Cinderella literally says the boy's been accepted into the guild. That means the world is ending. Great, the Hunter's Guild is finished. <laughs> so can like, parse out, like, where it first, where it originates, and then where it starts to delineate into, like, slow rolling into madness? Because it seems to me like it goes literally from, like, zero to, like, a hundred. Well, the the yeah. the the test the test ends, and then the next chapter is where it's like, okay, we're finishing the plot in the next three chapters. We only have three chapters to finish the plot, so we're just shoving everything in there. Um, yes, and that was a problem for me because immediately it's like, okay, you're the protagonist. Also, the entire face of the entire universe depends on you. And yes, Velu Velu's Velu's place in this comes right the fuck out of nowhere. And like that's that's to me the biggest problem here because the idea that Velu is like an anti-narrative like crux is in no way foreshadowed in what we got. I will say the thing I mentioned uh, way in the beginning when I was talking about it was really good that how well they characterized Grimm. There's not much time spent with Grimm just because of the nature of how the story is told. But when people start saying Grimm's acting weird. I, it didn't land as hard as it could have had we spent more time with her, but there is a noticeable shift in her character the longer it goes on. Like, she loses a lot of the edge that she had in the beginning, and when characters call that out, it does feel like it is... I, w- I don't want to say adequately paid off, but it, it, it does feel like it was set up and paid off. It, it also kind of, like, nestles itself to like sneak past a reader's suspicions because it also follows along like that kind of thing you expect from a shonen where like okay you've got this mentor character who was really cool but now that they have to raise someone else become less cool because the main character needs to shine like Mm. mm -hmm. so grim being weird could also just be like well yeah we have a main character you can't overshadow the main character yeah and i think i think that's ultimately why whilst I think that the I think that Grimm's characterization does a good job of setting up because we didn't spend enough time with Grimm and we didn't see like waning mentor Grimm versus like no thoughts head empty Grimm. Like that's that's where the disconnect lies. And it's because we just don't have enough time with the character. Also because she's sleepy child Grimm, so her acting Which isn't that different. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, if we spent more time with the character, that might be more obvious, but we just didn't. But there is one other thing I want to mention. Because this is f***ing hilarious. I loved this. I was laughing out loud. Is it the thing that I want to mention of who's like Aeon? Oh my god, that was so funny. (laughs) So... So the mayor teleports away from Cinderella. Like, Kaon is fucking missing at this point. Mayor teleports away and Cinderella's like, wait, what am I doing here? And then she realizes she has a letter in her sleeve. 
She opens. No, she asks like Hayon what they're going to do next and is speaking to empty air. And then she's like, wait a minute, who's like Hayon? <laughs> huh, where'd this letter come from? And she opens the letter and the letter says, my name is like Hayon. If you don't know who that is and there's an old man next to you, kill him immediately. He is tampering with the fabric of the universe. That was so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bullshit narrative that's beginning. It's like, by the way, this letter has been protected from narrative tampering. If you can do that, why did you get edited out of reality? I, I'm not going to lie. I was I reading the end me. section really quickly because I was I was a little bit running out of time. If they explicitly said that there was like narrative tampering shields on the letter, that actually makes me like it a little bit less because um. I sort of like the idea that uh, this was like that characterizes like Hayon really well, um, because sort of the implication is that like like Hayon was never really there. Um, and that was all basically in Cinderella's head, like the time where it was the three of them, it was really just two of them. And like Hayon gave Cinderella that letter. It's an innocuous thing that doesn't show up in the story because it's such a small detail that it doesn't get recorded. So that got missed by the mayor. He didn't know to erase it. And like that, that really well characterizes like Hayon as, as being like really intelligent. But no, they just say this. If they was say protected. it, if they say the letter was protected, then that kind of pisses me off. Cause. Ugh. That would have been so smart. That would have been so. Uh. <laughs> so, you know, everyone's celebrating. It's like, woohoo, we passed. And Debonair's like, hey, this uh, uh, all fits into your scenario, right, Grim? What the hell are you talking about? OK, does the word bug mean anything to you? You mean like insects? Uh, Tomahawk curry, hay fever. What are you on about? OK, HQ, Grim of the Hundred Cannons had her memories uh, mixed with. We need a response team here right now. <laughs> Mm -hmm. we also find out they have phones yes because it's always fun to figure it's out really what, dumb. Level, what level of technology they have yeah that was what that level was going of magic and then technology that was going to be a plot point uh at uh in the uh long form version of this and uh and all of the setup for it is there and none of the well actually no none of the setup is there and all of the payoff which is not good storytelling and the guy on the other end of the line is like, yeah, now we're actually quarantining the ironworks because there is uh, there's some there's some fuckery going on down there. Anyway, Detroitle out. <laughs> Grandpa's here. He's here to take back his grandson. Wait, Mayor, you're alive? Too late. World's ending, boy. We're also going to go do some crazy shit in the next two chapters. What? <laughs> what? We got to go teleport to the plot. <laughs> Wait, why am I in this huge blank room? Who's this weird little gremlin in a hood writing in a book? Ah, yes, the true book's pages are the blank future. The words set in it are the laws of nature and the structure of this world. But you knew that, didn't you, Heck Horlock? Or should what? I say, your real name? Because <laughs> this man has three names. <laughs> yeah. It's not in the notes, but it's literally something that's not quite, but almost Ludwig Geppetto, except Ludwig has way too many syllables, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. It, it, it ends in Geppetto. Yeah. The, the second name is Geppetto. And again, it, it's one of those ones where if you had seeded that name 
elsewhere in the story and foreshadowed who he was. Because I mean, the long story. Excuse me, Jacob. I'm a very smart writer, and I've thought about all of this. Uh, the main character erased his name from the book, so you would have no clues about it. Hmm? Didn't think about that. Uh, Ludwig Geppetto has been removed entirely from the universe. Now, how did a character know who he was? I think he actually introduces himself, but that no one would remember the name. <laughs> Yeah, it it, it would it wouldn't be able to jog memories because the memories wouldn't be there, and like. But yes, but yes, Velu, you are in fact not a real. Act, wait, his name is Geppetto, and Velu's not a real boy. God damn it! Yes, um, yes. He literally calls him Pinocchio. Yes. I, I missed that. I missed it's, that. I would, it is crucial to understanding. I was, All right, I, 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 I missed it to to your credit. I mean, I this is an illuminating session for both of us. It sounds yeah. like Sam. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I created you from a whole cloth as a means of degrading the integrity of the book. Wait that a second, you use the magic that creates life. We are we are several steps beyond caring about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> So that I could, and then I took the mantle of main character from Grimm and gave it to you so that you would reach this point and you could reach the book and disintegrate it, freeing us from this hell, from this cursed existence of no free will. What? Boy, yes. if, if that was, if that was set up in any meaningful way, that would be a cool reveal. And, and <laughs> I, I love, I love how the the little gremlin guy the red hood explains mm -hmm. how the book works it's just like well you see we have to uh we write these scenarios of humanity versus monsters because we must entertain the gods two glowing lights in the at the edge of the universe that gaze upon this and if they are dissatisfied then they take their attention away from the universe and everything dissolves and i get it god is the reader <laughs> But you're also calling but you're also calling God an idiot who just wants to be entertained. This concept before it became a very petty metaphor for the people not engaging with your story would have been really cool. I sympathize with uh, with your frustration, but uh... I love the frustration. I love saying you didn't understand what I was talking about. Thank you for not understanding it. If it wasn't wrapped in all the petty nonsense of look how complicated my story actually was. Like Shonen Shoujo just cuts its hands and says, like, okay, you didn't like it, thank you. This decides to go, here's everything you could have had. Hmm. This is like if your ex posts a whole bunch of like bikini beach pictures after you break up, it's just like, cool. I Mm -hmm. I still know you're a shitty person. Like <laughs> I, this doesn't fix that. Like there, like like it, it's a it's a it's a showcase of all of the cool concepts the series could have had, but like you have to execute them. You can't just you can't just yeet them at the reader and say it was your fault for not getting it. If you don't express it adequately, then the reader's not going to get it. That's that is that is what going out on a limb for a story with deeper meaning. Like, like, that's what the risk of it is. That's why it's difficult. This this ending is that one person who's just like, hey, yeah, we should go into business together. You know, you'll be the person who, like, builds everything and sets everything up and I'll be the idea guy. And I'm like, no, you need to actually make the ideas work. You can't just say here's a bunch of cool shit that could have happened. Like, yeah, it kind of breaks down at this point. Um, 
where it it becomes obvious that after the like the first two werewolf fights like the arc in the village after that point from everything else on this was a pitch to keep the series and once you hit that once you hit that you're in a death spiral Mm -hmm. because you're just going to you're just going to like because again i love a lot of the concepts that are brought up here these are cool ideas i'd love to have seen this story done properly but there's also the legitimate points that matt has pointed pointed out that those cool concepts don't mean anything if you don't express them properly and this just i didn't even i didn't even necessarily know if I liked like the the beginning of this. I saw its potential. I don't know what it was that where the disconnect was that put this series in its death spiral. But once it started, once it started like clawing for like affirmation, it, it was never going to recover. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's probably legitimately the second they started getting on the crabs. I, mm. I think it, it sped up right there because I think what you should have done was had like a little bit of journey with um to, like, to get, get to know Grim better. Get to know Velu better. Like we barely know anything about him other than like he's stock model shown in protagonist, yeah. Yeah, but like I don't know. The current so we get this whole thing that the Red Hoods are the people of the guild of the Hunters Guild who are the ones tasked with actually writing the stories in the book. Mm-hmm. And the stories need to be entertaining enough to keep to keep God interested. Otherwise, everything gets disintegrated. This yeah. has happened before. Yeah. Yes. We must also, be entertained. It's also kind of sad that, like, this is the big reveal for the series. And, like, that's cool. It's not an original plot. No. Mm-hmm. Nah. Like, like, it's a cool reveal if you had other things going on. But, like, this has been done before. Yeah. And, and like, it was kind of like thrown because you had to wrap it up so quickly. Like, I mean, that's kind of been alluded to in our discussion of mm-hmm. if they had more time. Like, do we think that this type of um, plot was already in the well, works? Or do you think like, it was just... Uh, I think the the idea that they're in a storybook yeah was already there because that's how they start they do mention some they do mention like extras and side characters a lot in the beginning yeah and and the uh the Chekhov series gun Mm -hmm. like they were they were laying the seeds from the word go that it was gonna go here i i love how they use that like that was when it was clever like actual work had been put into that and yeah the werewolves could only be defeated by the regular guns weren't strong enough. You needed to use a narrative device because the the, werewolves, because the werewolves are narrative creatures. They are. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a cool idea that actually leverages this well-worn concept in an interesting way. And I mean, not for nothing, what the way that this story as it is presented to us works, it does end here and it does end this way. But the reason, the way that you make it work is if you live in that universe with like with these hints that, um, you know, like there there's, you know, like they're in a storybook, but like hints uh, sprinkled throughout. But like you live in that universe and you get invested in that universe as its own universe, separate from the meta narrative of it also being a storybook, Mm. because then the impact of Velu destroying the book in the end and that ending the story for the audience, but you know that their lives will continue on completely disconnected from 
our entertainment, that's a cool ending. But yeah, I really, am not invested in that world because it's so short. <laughs> I really liked that. I liked that part. I there's a whole big thing where they're like, hey, boy, if you touch the book, it can also kill you. And then Grimm turns the book into a gun <laughs> by somehow merging somehow the red hood merges the book's universe writing powers with with velu's universe degrading powers to make a gun that is no longer mm. destroying the universe if velu touches it he just needs to shoot geppetto for in- some reason <laughs> To break the puppet strings, I guess. I, they never explain Geppetto's book magic, by the way. They just say he stole two pages of the book and now he can reality warp without the book. And I'm, it, But it, also, it, he's that a he, he needed to wait until his pages could start taking effect. Which, that seems to imply it works by Death Note rules, where the book is like telling itself and they finally got to the page he has. Except he does a bunch of bolt. It seems to imply that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, <laughs> boy, if this had enough time to develop these ideas and actually and actually build into oh. them, it's also clear like the mangaka didn't have all this background done because they're like, yeah, and then the book wound up in the island underneath the ground because that's how Grim gets here is debonair uses her full power because we need to show that off to go 6,100 degrees celsius beam that cinderella focuses i i wanted to mention that here's another here's another case where i like i i get so kind i I get really frustrated with the series because it's like i love the scene with um debonair and cinderella interacting that's good character writing i really like that because cinderella uh upon realizing what uh geppetto i mean geppetto i mean horlock i mean the mayor's plan is I love when she's explaining who that guy is. It's like, it was a, a sorcerer named Hex Horlock, although that's probably a fake name. I'm like, we get it. <laughs> and, <laughs> as, <laughs> You're right. Like, I'm a dumb dummy who doesn't respect a true genius's work, I guess. She she's like, look, I signed up for nihil- I I signed up for anarchy, not nihilism. <laughs> I don't I don't want the world to actually disintegrate. I was expecting to be able to have fun in the guild free world, not not be reduced to the nothingness. Yeah. And I mean, like, even with how little page time Cinderella has, she's she's also a relatively stock character, but she's well characterized in that space. And her, like like her willingness to go to and humble herself before a person that she wronged but knows she needs the help of and debonair is all debonair actually is probably one of the characters who had the right amount of page time to be adequately characterized because her sort of like you know gruff but like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna uh not fun uh rib you about how much i hate you but yeah we'll go do the thing you know you don't have to you don't have to bow but i won't stop you sort of like interplay that they have is is really well done it makes me wish that this series didn't implode on itself because at least some of the some of the problems here are completely (laughs) self-inflicted like i hate to put it that way because i really love the concepts here 
But some of the execution isn't just because it got canceled. Some of the execution is because it's trying too hard to go too fast. Clearly, what you should have done is honed it in. You should have reined in your vision to be more marketable, which clearly, if they were possible to do that, you might have done that earlier. Mm. So mm -hmm. this is weird. Um, so basically, he's given the choice of, hey, the the mayor doesn't want this because we get revealed this whole <laughs> thing. Um, this is the seventh iteration of the world because each time the Hunter's Guild tries to get rid of werewolves, uh, the first time they had the book, they just flat out said werewolves don't exist. That killed all humans because werewolves are intrinsically a part of humanity. You can't separate the light from the dark or you can't separate the shadow from the light. Yes. So I thought that was very poetic. Mm -hmm. So they've been like basically playing with genie wishes of like, well, it's not technically getting rid of them, but what if, um, uh, I know on this iteration, what if we like have medical researchers and we're trying to cure the werewolf disease? Is that cool? Will that work? Uh, I, I do love how red hood in this is just like, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of hoping this works. I'm out of ideas. <laughs> I'm kind of cool with what, the fact the old man wants to end the world. <laughs> what iteration of humanity was this? Number seven, you said? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. Red Hood is the seventh work this person did, according to this Wikipedia page. Ah! Oh my Damn. God! Kawaguchi. Ah! I give you, I give you, I give you props for that one. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny, but honestly, I think we've found a, and I mean, like, again, I don't want to be too critical because I see a lot of talent here, but I think we've finally found a mangaka more petty than Akira Toriyama. Or uh, not Akira Toriyama, um, more petty than uh, Kazuki Takahashi. I was about My to say, God. Akira Toriyama yeah. does not give two hits if you say Dragon Ball's not good. He's just like, I got my money. Yeah, he's like, and I'm counting the Benjamins now, so. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that. Well, honestly, that... honestly, both of them have their moments of petty. But yeah, this is like, come on. This is. I mean, it's. Part of well, until they got that bad news, but they were obviously trying to do something with their brand. I think there's also a bit of a push for that too, because as we know, there are so many burgeoning comics out there. Some make mm. it, some don't. So, you know, yes, you can make something that's generic, but there's also still a push to do something some do something new. And I mean, like, that is sort of the tragedy of all of this. And I mean, like, not for nothing, there is also some of that expressed in the way that the story is told, flaws and all, where this is the risk, where if your audience doesn't get where you're going, doesn't put the trust that this that this detail isn't a mistake. Because I do think that there's a lot of stuff that like like the secret base being so eminently findable, I think is a mistake. But like there are other elements of the story of uh, like, like, you know, quibbles that uh, we've had that I think were actually like done with purpose that would have built into something. But if you if you can't convince your audience that this isn't a mistake, it's done on purpose. This is what's going to happen to your series. It is going to get cut short. You or know, probably like my theory is that like. They're trying to build this cerebral story, and you do that by leaving plot hooks that you can come back to and be like, hey, that was weird. Oh, yeah. Why Why was that weird? Because of this. But when you run out of time and you don't close up those plot hooks, 
they are mistakes. They are just mistakes because you never you never address them. Yeah. And I do think that I do think in a lot of ways that this uh, this is written like a lot of other shonens where it is there is a core concept and a theme and a general like plot trajectory. But the story is written arc by arc. Mm-hmm. And the details and and where everything ties into each other isn't actually planned out from the beginning. I think that that's relatively obvious. I don't think anyone would disagree with that assessment. Uh, pro- probably, honestly, they had the final bit of the yeah the big twist arc. at the end. Well, yeah, that I'm saying more so. They had like completely written out the um, cops and robbers as the final mm. exam to the training arc. And we're like, okay, we've got the big set piece for the training park. Now we can write like the rest of of the manga. Yeah. And it was just like, well, no, here we are. (laughs) So it's like. uh, Because that's the problem. Like the problem with that is that if that means cops and robbers had the most development done to it, I'm like, okay, then that doesn't make this a great manga. It makes it okay. Like Mm. it's. And that doesn't save you when you're already kind of stumbled. So it's like, uh, did we even finish up? So Velu's basically been given this like God complex plot of like, do you want a good ending or a bad ending? The old man is basically, I just want any ending at all. And Velu's just like, fuck you. I'm not making any choice you want because no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not making it. any ending. Yes. Everyone can be a main character. I am no savior. And I'm like, that's a cool idea. It it lost me there. (laughs) It lost me there because it was just... It wasn't wasn't adequate. It wasn't adequately developed. It was too hammy. We're all winners. Everyone's a winner. Yeah, that was that was not earned. And he shoots he shoots his adopted father, grandpa, who had died before. So his body's on the ground, right? Mm. Uh, I think so. I yeah. forget. There are there are bones on the ground. Yeah, There's okay, an yeah. argument to be made that those weren't his bones. He used another person's corpse. You know this I, guy. I this believe guy it. Yeah. yeah, he'd have done that. But um, so yeah, he kills him, and with that, the the method of controlling fate disappears. Oh, because the uh the red hood retired. <laughs> He's like, I'm done existing now. <laughs> All right, I'm sick of this. Here's the uh. Here's the book and here's the hood, kid. Have fun. Here's the hood. You're a real you're a real Kodaha ninja now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I guess we're going to go uh, exterminate werewolves then. And then they go off into an unwritten future. Except an epilogue exists where they come back and view the characters one year later. Uh, Is there an epilogue? Yes, there is. It's in the print version. Oh, um, it wasn't I, on the Shonen Jump app. Yeah, it's not on the Shonen Jump app, but uh, I, I found it just for completion's sake to see if they revealed anything else since we're talking about it. Mm. It is the most page-filling bullshit. It is literally a year in the future. Uh, Big Joe is now just going by Klenanon because he's learned to forgive himself because apparently Big Joe was his fake name, I, I guess. Uh, he's hanging out with a character who is probably also in the tournament arc. I don't remember any of them. Um, Big Joe is the only one who gets any kind of characterization. Technically, so. the the priest lady gets some characterization because she's just like, ah, yes, uh, don't you know loving your god gives you superpowers? Don't you mean a witch? You must mean a witch. That's what exists in our setting. No, it was a god. And then it was never clarified what she meant. But um, 
Yeah, and basically in the future, one year in the future, uh, scientists are just like, hey, did you see the old man didn't die? He's a stone. He used some protective magic to keep himself alive. Should we wake him up? No. Okay. It's been a year. Maybe we should wake him up. No. Not in this chapter. Also, this chapter begins with, this is the only time we're ever going to revisit their story. <laughs> like, there's just a page of words. We cut to Velu and Grim hunting uh, a, another witch who looks almost identical to Cinderella, but has different powers. And a werewolf who's a boy are eating people. And they get, like, beaten up by the two of them. And they have to go, like, wait, hold up. We can't kill them. The Hunter's Guild has said we don't kill witches anymore. Also, I'm Velu. We shouldn't kill werewolves anymore because we need their blood to make a cure. Oh, nope. The werewolf ate the witch. Well, gotta murder him. And then Velu murders the werewolf to cut the witch out. And she's just like, why would you save me? I was killing people. And he's just like, hey, you know how fate's fucked up and the world's fucked up? We need to collect all the magic users we can and press them into servitude. What? I I'm sorry. Is this the better future? We don't kill people, we enslave them? Nope, it ends right here. Okay, cool. Oh, uh, that uh that doesn't that doesn't fix any of the problems. Hmm. Nope, and it just kind of ruins the ending where it's like we're going into an unwritten future, except we see the future. And it's bad. <laughs> also, the mayor's still alive, despite the fact they're never coming back to the plot, and it does nothing. The Yo, Angelo. <laughs> It's so dumb. It is clearly just because you can't print a third volume of manga with only two chapters in it. That well, is that is a pity. Throughout all of our talking, we've gone through two of the discussion questions I had, which I really should have expected. Mm -hmm. So let's let's wrap this up and stick with just the classic favorite character and favorite fight. There actually were a fair number of fights in this. Are there? <laughs> I, kind of. Oh, God. There, were, there were a good number of fights in this. Yeah, there were conflicts. Uh, I like yep. Grim, big titty, big thigh, big cool hunter, lady, tall hunter, blonde, arf, 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 woof. There you go. Thick thighs save lives. Thick thighs save lives. What if what if Samus had bigger tits? There it is. There it is. I was waiting for it. I you just, want, I, you just want to see her in the power suit. We all know. What if Samus had more massive milkers? I appreciate how. Um, Grim wears a button-up dress shirt, so she's got that overhang you get. Yes, bless. <laughs> that's the that's the good shit right there. I was okay. just appreciating it artistically, but clearly that's also a fetish, I guess. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, saved all that for the end. <laughs> uh, favorite fight uh, when when Grim hit that one guy on the head with the bell. That was funny. <laughs> 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 I really like that one. I don't know. The, the, the cool monster designs made the fights in this kind of incomprehensible because everything was a non-Euclidean shape. So that, that was my favorite because it had the clearest line of action that I was able to follow. And it, it did a big wallop. Uh, yeah, Jay, how about you? Favorite character, favorite fight? So favorite fight would have to be Cops and Robbers because ostensibly that was the most exciting part of the story for me um i this is gonna be a rare one i do not have a favorite character not unfair for this yeah 
I, I really I really don't. Um, I wanted to say that I was gravitating towards Velu, and then they disappointed me. So, yeah, this this plot happened. All right, Jacob, how about you? Favorite character is pretty easy for me. Despite how little time she spent on page, uh, Cinderella, I feel, was very well characterized. I think she was one of the she was one of the stronger characters because like page time relative to character like character like uh character growth she she actually got to have an emotional arc she had a, she had a gen yeah she had a genuine emotional arc but i mean more so like you understand her personality better than a lot of the other characters like grim was well enough characterized and uh debonair was really well characterized um vela was well characterized in the sense that he's a factory stock factory model shonen protag and quite frankly i like that character who is empathy before logic mostly because i think empathy is something that the world could do more of not less the character who is the most complete character relative to how much time they spent on page i feel is cinderella and um yeah, I, she's she's a character who had an emotional arc that felt natural, natural and genuine, as opposed to I like the concept with uh, uh, with Big Joe, but the execution was kind of ruined it. Whereas I think it it was pulled off with Cinderella. Um, as for favorite fight, um, I'm gonna say um, uh, Velu versus uh, Slim dumb as opposed to dumber mm -hmm. because that i think expressed the potential of the puzzle box fight aspect that the series could have had as one of its like key selling features i think there was some issue i will say part of it was i was reading it very quickly and a little bit sleep deprived so there were Kate, like like i missed the thing about the letter that ruins that because otherwise i <laughs> loved that and that just ruins my enjoyment of it but um, some of the paneling I don't think was spectacular. Um, again, in concept, I love the cops and robbers idea, but um, a lot of the fights felt rushed. But uh, I think I think that like that second werewolf fight, the series had hit the stride it could have had. Um, and uh, I thought it was I thought it was uh, good use of like the established, uh, you know, powers and tools within the setting good choices and uh matt um so favorite character is kind of weird uh normally i like characters who've got like kind of like their power is they actually are just kind of nullif like pits where things go to die like magical energy doesn't affect them mm. too bad that's not part of velu's character at all uh it gets shouted at you in the last two chapters um mm -hmm. so uh he's just kind of generic then um to be fair grim's also kind of generic uh debonair is also just a hothead so it's like mm -hmm. the sexy ladies are just pretty one note characters um yeah businessman businessman's pretty good i'd like oh no 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 sly uh mold guy i like mold guy ah yeah yeah we, we, yeah i like mold guy mold guy's got some fun bits at the end because he's just like wait werewolves are a disease i could try and cure that with my slimes oh nope they're they're doing some meta nonsense well i'm just gonna <laughs> hey not exist in this plot anymore <laughs> hey nurse girl you want to like be flirted with i guess that's what's happening i don't know 
Uh, um, so I guess him, slime guy is pretty cool. Uh, then favorite fight, I oh, do I go with businessman versus slime guy because he's in it? Now I'm gonna go with um the initial fight against Granny Werewolf because I thought that was really cool. Like that's mm, got yeah, that was a fun one. It's got the Wiley Coyote ending of like, oh no, you tied up my bomb, my heart in a bomb. Wah wah. Yeah. Womp, womp. It it has the weird thing about because she's an old lady, she doesn't have teeth. She doesn't have any teeth in her werewolf form, which mm-hmm. implies some things, but we don't know. <laughs> Maybe she recently turned into a werewolf, so she can't regrow things that don't exist. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> the problem is her ha- not having teeth is a clue for the mystery. So yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with those. All right. Well, we can't ask if you'd continue reading because you no. literally can't. <laughs> if, if someone tried, I wouldn't. Because, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> all, all of you, I would recommend don't read the epilogue. It's not worth it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair. I, then. I will not do that. Um, I guess I guess a way that I could frame it. If this <sighs> epilogue notwithstanding, it uh, it does technically end in an open ended context. It could be continued. I think that goes against the point of the story, but there you have it. Alternatively, if this were to be like tried again, I definitely give it another shot if it were like rebooted. But in all honesty, I not all of this was because the series got canceled. Not all of the stumbling was because the series got canceled. It's just once there was that threat, like like it, it stumbled, that threat was leveled over its head. And from there on, it just face planted. I wouldn't have much faith in a reboot unless it really wowed me, like with its uh, opening chapters. I'd give it a shot, but it, it'd be on thin ice from the start. Same, basically. It's a shame that uh, so much cool potential and world design and monster design and whatnot can uh, can fall by the wayside. But uh, such is such as life, you know. That's that's the risk of uh, <laughs> that's the the risk of individuality to uh, considering how uh, similar this is to Shonen Shoujo. There's a shocking amount of similarity between those two series. I'm gonna say when your artistic strengths are very clearly like weird esoteric monsters and like fantastic creatures, maybe doing an entire arc of a bunch of human people fighting in a gray metal box. Is it the best call? No, mm-hmm. really a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone once again for tuning in to the Overmanga Cast. As always, you can find us on all of your social medias where we are at Overmanga Cast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Hermit Crab Shell Phone. Oh, wait, that's a One Piece thing, isn't it? No, wait, those are And then Mushi. We are also on YouTube. You can like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, the episodes are on a two-week delay there, but we also have OverMangaCast.com where you can also comment on uh, individual episodes. And we're all up to date there, so uh, you can uh, check out all of our backlog. If you're listening to this on YouTube right now and you've made it to this point, go ahead, leave a comment down there. Say hi. Hi. Uh, Hello. If, you, if you'd like a better way, of getting in contact with us that we'd prefer. Uh, we like uh, reviews in any all forums on any of your podcasting choices, uh, Apple, iPod, stuff, wherever it is. Uh, also, if you want to email us, uh, you can do so over at gmail.com. Uh, we appreciate any and all just 
feedback, uh, things you'd like us to read, or just you know saying you think we're cool. We need to we need to keep your ears on us, or we'll fade from existence. Yeah. <laughs> And make sure to tune in next week where we are going to be returning to the wonderful world of Dr. Stone. Who's ready for more hot people science? Uh, I, hot people science. The best kind of science. Weird science. We're going to be reading chapters 13 through 33. So read that if you're keeping up with the show. And we'll see you next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. Did you enjoy that, dear listeners? You capricious gods. Have we entertained you? <laughs> Please, <laughs> cutting him here.